Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the Osmo NFL Week 14 Final Look Show, sponsored by Yahoo. Greg Ehrenberg here, joined by Jeff Ulrich for another Saturday morning breakdown. And another pretty interesting slate here, Jeff. We actually have a little bit of, of chalk here at quarterback this week with Patrick Mahomes. It took a while for people to really get on the Patrick Mahomes train. Somebody who's oddly gone not very own this week. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to in Week 14? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is interesting. You're right. There's, there's a couple players like... Mahomes, who, uh, you know, have been, you know, like you said, kind of weirdly just uh, simmering. Aaron Rodgers was down there in ownership, too. Looked like we might get really flat. But Rodgers, I really expected to get up there. And I think at this point, people are just, you know, they see Mahomes and it's like, yeah, okay, I I, got to get exposure to him. I thought, you know, maybe he might go a little under the radar against Miami, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And I think rightfully so. I'm not scared of a matchup with Miami there. So, uh, I, I think it is an interesting week, though, for for some min, uh, not min price, but lower price quarterbacks. I think there's some uh, some real viability, and there's a couple guys definitely at QB, and that's the position we'll talk about first. That I think are actually going under owned, and I didn't think they would. So, uh, yeah, and then one thing to talk about too with uh, Patrick Mahomes and his ownership. I mean, he is projected for over twelve percent. Except if you look at our our top stacks tool on the site. The, the Chiefs' chances of being the top stack on the slate are nearly 25%, which is the highest I can remember for any team in the entire, the entire year. And the other thing, too, is the Chiefs' offense is so concentrated that if you are stacking Mahomes, like you know to stay, you're pairing him with Tyree Kill, you're pairing him with Travis Kelsey, and that's where all the production is coming from. There was actually – so FanDuel has these bets – where it's it's like you could you do same game parlays and if one like misses they refund it like up to twenty five dollars which whatever it's a small bet however I started to realize that for uh, it was like five weeks in a row if you parlayed Mahomes over passing yards Tyree Kill over passing yards Travis Kill over over passing yards the Chiefs money line and the other team's leading receiver that number hit for like plus fifteen hundred something like five weeks in a row. Which is which is crazy, but but then you think about it, it was just the numbers were too low because it was every week Patrick Holmes it was like yeah it, it was like three hundred five passing yards for him and like seventy receiving yards for Kelsey seventy receiving yards for Hill and I was looking I was like these numbers are all too low they correlate really well uh, they finally started to to jack it up a little bit last week but for a long time that was like ridiculous odds in those parlays uh, I, I I've noticed uh, I, and you're right like the, for three weeks in a row Tyree Kill's uh, receiving props were like seventy four. And I bet them yeah. <laughs> uh, three weeks in a row. And I just, I'm just like, what, what like, do they not know? He's getting 13 targets a game or something, you know, and he's Harry kill. It was really weird, but yeah, I, I, I don't know why the, the betting props took so long to move on Kansas city, but like you said, they're kind of up there again. So 
this this might be the week to just step back uh, from those. But uh, yeah, it, it has been kind of a weird scene with the, with the Kansas City offense. I'm not sure why it took uh, so long for people to kind of clue in. They're like, hey, it's Kansas City, they're good. But again, I guess people are cluing in this week, so. Yeah, and I mean, there was a bunch of weeks where it was like Patrick Holmes were able to roster him for 4 or 5% ownership, and yep. that was pretty crazy. But I mean, now 12%. I still don't really think it's quite high enough, to be honest, if you look at our top stacks tool. Uh, also, before we dig in a little bit deeper, guys, don't forget, give the video a thumbs up, like us, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast network, all that good stuff definitely helps us out and supports the show. So other QBs we need to talk about, like you said, Aaron Rodgers coming in just under 10% owned. I, I think that he is definitely rightfully that that ownership. I think that's probably about fair, though, where he's owned. Whereas Patrick Mahomes, despite being really popular, I think that's still probably a little bit under-owned. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I honestly thought Rodgers would, would project higher than Mahomes this week, uh, just from ownership perspective. Um, you know, obviously we have him ranked at, uh, at Osmo, like, uh, I'm pretty sure Mahomes is, is the highest uh, projected points total, but you know Rodgers at 7,500 going up against Detroit. I mean, it's just such a juicy matchup. I mean, Detroit has no pass rush. Um, I know Aaron Jones destroyed them like the in week three, whatever. But you know, don't forget like Devontae Adams didn't play fully that game either. So I think it's a real just amazing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Um, the price is, is up a little bit. I think that's probably keeping ownership down and, and the fact people are drifting over to Mahomes and there's not that big a price gap. Like if Aaron Rodgers was 7K, I think their ownership would probably be probably be flipped. So honestly, if you're if I'm doing like one lineup and you're, you know, I'm asking to choose between Mahomes and Rodgers, I'm actually on Rodgers this week. Uh, I just think that game environment is so good with um, the way uh, the Green Bay Packers defense lets in points late too. I think Detroit's offense has a little bit better uh, chance of, of scoring points there than Miami's does necessarily. I just not a big believer in Tua. It's the one thing that kind of scares me about the Mahomes uh, situation. I just feel like that game could just has a better chance of being a little bit ugly. Now it hasn't stopped Kansas city in the past. I'm not saying they're going to just not pass the ball or something. Don't get, don't get me wrong here. I still like Patrick Mahomes, but we're talking about him between him and Aaron Rodgers. We got to dice right into it. And again, you know, $600 price difference. I'll take Rodgers over Mahomes this week. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a different side than you. I prefer Mahomes, except definitely I think that both are viable options. I also think there's decent pivot plays in this price range. Absolutely, in particular yeah. for me, Kyler Murray, 7,200 against the Giants, only picking up 2% ownership. I understand that the, the Giants defense has been pretty good, but there's a lot of bias built in here, right? The Giants look pretty good against Russell Wilson last week. And overall, the Giants defense has played well. Kyler Murray's struggling a little bit as of late. But Kyler Murray still on a per average basis has been an incredibly high scoring DFX quarterback. Uh, despite the last two weeks where he was kind of subpar before that over 20 fantasy points in every game. So far this year, he was averaging over 30 DK points for most of the season. And I know the Giants defense is good, but the rushing upside for Kyler Murray to me, that's at 2% ownership. I, I think that's a really good pivot play on the high end. That's going too under owned. I understand why that's the case. Cause we have guys like Mahomes, Rogers, and, you know, we're at the point of the season where, you know, all the teams are playing. So there, there isn't, there, there's a lot more options. So it's not as narrowed down, but still Conor Murray, 2%. I think that's a really good GPP play. Yeah. He ranks out pretty well too. I mean, his value score is still really good on the site. You know, he's fifth in points projections. Like it's not like you've, we've taken a, a big tumble on Kyler Murray. Like he's, he's ranked, you know, well below where his salary is. His salary has actually put him, it, it's, it's appropriate really right now. And, and when like, he's not, I wouldn't say he's like a screaming value, but he's definitely not overvalued at 7,200. So 
Yeah, it's it's a really interesting spot. I mean, I don't want to keep getting sucked into to him and 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 the, the rushing upside if it's kind of drifted away and and I don't know why it has and and is this going to be the spot where he gets off? I I get it. And look, it's like you said, it's two, three, four percent ownership you're going to get, whatever. Um, it, he's definitely a good GBP pivot. There's there's no question. Uh, if I was doing the three max lineup, I would definitely allocate some kind of like uh, you know. It doesn't necessarily have to be Murray, but it would be a quarterback like that with a, a little bit higher price tag who's probably going under own. Um, you know, you could maybe make a case for Wilson over Murray. I'm not really big on, on how the, the Seattle offense has been looking lately. They're just slowing it down a little bit. I think their defense is actually playing a little bit better, which is part of the part of the issue. Um, and it's just slowing thing down, things down for their offense. So I do think Kyler Murray, uh, I would take him over, over Russell Wilson this week. There's a decent enough price difference to um so all things considered yeah Kyler's one of those guys I, I I you almost have to force yourself to get exposure to because it's cheaper and uh realistically like the ownership has just dropped to insanely low levels which is great so yeah he's for sure going to be one of the guys relative to ownership that I'm most overweight to this week yep. and then uh looking at some of these other quarterbacks we go down the the cheaper price range uh how do you feel about somebody like Taysom Hill at 6600 uh a little bit of a discount from the from the higher price guys Overall, his fantasy production has been pretty solid since taking over the starting quarterback against the Falcons, 25 fantasy points, uh, 18 against the Broncos, another 25 last week against the Falcons, against the Falcons again. And the other thing that's really nice about Taysom Hill, rushing attempts in those starts, 10, 10, and 14. So let him run the ball 14 times last week. That is a ton. The one thing that's really tricky if you're actually going to roster him is I don't know how comfortable I am stacking him with anybody, but I think he's a quarterback that would be okay with running out there naked. Uh, so with that in mind, Taysom Hill, somebody that you're willing to get exposure to this week? Uh, no, I am. Uh, this is my <laughs> hot take of the week is that uh, Jalen Hurts outscores Taysom Hill. Oh, that's and not a Eagles, hot take. The Eagles might act. I think actually I'll just, I mean, let's go. Let's just get some hot takes <laughs> out of the way. The Eagles are going to win straight up. I think this is a bad matchup for Taysom Hill. The, the Eagles uh, D line is actually pretty good. Second or third in sacks. I think I think they they get off the mat a little bit here. Uh, I think they give actually give Taysom Hill some troubles. I think this is a bad uh, a bad worse matchup than than people realize. And I think that on the road this could be the spot where kind of the bloom comes off the rose, so to speak. Um, but no, I, I don't like this. I, I don't really like this game uh, this game environment. Uh, I think the Eagles too could slow things down a little bit with a rushing QB of their own. And uh, at sixty six hundred, realistically, like. Uh, I mentioned a couple other guys. I thought uh, I'm surprised they're going under own. I mean, I like Kirk Cousins this week. Like, why? I, I just don't understand. Are, are, like, people don't realize what kind of a funnel defense Tampa is. I'm really surprised, Greg, that like Kirk Cousins isn't in the top three owned projected owned quarterbacks. Um, this is a, Tampa's a defense that's allowed over 400 yards average their last two games. And okay, it was it was Mahomes. The other one was Goff. Like, if Goff can go for that much, Cousins can certainly get off. And realistically. Like I said, it's just a funnel spot. They're allowing a ton of pass attempts. They don't allow any rush yards. The, the, the top rush defense in the league. You can't run on Tampa. Like uh, uh, Dalvin Cook might get get free for like a run or something, but I think Minnesota is going to have to pass here again. I love the Cousins Jefferson stack. Uh, we talked about Kyler Murray going under owned. I think uh, I think again, I don't mind that spot, but I like cousins jefferson better at similar ownership percentages so that's kind of where i'm looking to in this range also it's only 200 dollars to get up to justin herbert which i just feel like better upside uh, this week so i want to circle back on something you mentioned before because my favorite value quarterback of the week is jalen hurts and i don't understand how he's not picking up any ownership for a couple yeah. of reasons number one 
I thought he looked pretty decent when he came in uh, in relief of Carson Wentz last week. And not only did he throw one long touchdown pass, he ran the ball five times. So yeah. that's the one oh, thing yeah. we know about Jalen Hurts. There's going to be rushing upside there. It seems like he's not afraid to run after you look at you know him playing about a half or so last week against the Packers, ends up rushing five times for 29 yards. They've had other packages for him during the year where he just kind of comes in and plays kind of the Taysom Hill-esque role where they have him just kind of go out there and – you know, be willing to run the ball with them. So I think that Jalen Hurts is somebody who could run the ball, you know, eight to 10 times this week. I don't know how great the passing efficiency is going to be, but at the price tag of 5,100, I, I think that there's a, a lot of upside there and I don't really understand why nobody's on him. Uh, I think that if you're looking to save salary at quarterback and looking for upside, Jalen Hurts is the way to go. 100% agree. Um, look, I, I do like Trubisky down there too, so maybe we'll touch on him last, but let's talk about Jalen Hurts because I'm really excited a, to watch him play this week, and B, because like I said, I think Hurts is going to outscore Taysom Hill. Hey, Jalen Hurts is a more efficient version of Taysom Hill. He was a really good passer in college, and he's basically a running back playing quarterback. This is a dude who's like, he can you know squat 600 pounds. I mean, he is a running back. Absolutely, he will run. Uh, you mentioned the five rushing attempts. Yeah, he, he's going to take off, and that's the kind of thing you need to counteract uh, the, the Saints, you know, D-line. That's the best part of their defense, so... I think he's going to give the Saints real problems, especially in a road game. He's just a good quarterback, too. Like, if people aren't that familiar with him, I mean, he's a dude who, you know, obviously got the shaft at uh, Alabama and then went to Oklahoma and nearly won the Heisman. I mean, I don't know why he's not getting more love either. I don't know why he didn't get more love in the draft, quite frankly, uh, why he got taken so far below two. But that's a different conversation for another time. I'm just excited that he's getting a chance. And I think he's going to surprise people, like I said, this week. So, 5,200. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager, it's a less than 10K stack. You get that long bomb to Jalen Rager, you are absolutely in business because Jalen Hurts is probably going to get you 10-plus rush attempts. Last thing on Jalen Hurts, player props over 7.5 rush attempts. <laughs> easy money, Greg. <laughs> easy money. Do, doing the well, – <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's easy money. That's not just the, the, the um, uh, uh, Johnny Manziel reference. Oh, Manziel, no. <laughs> Manziel, has, has there ever been a worse player with like a patented move on a field? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to reference when he did his first start. Cause like if, if Jalen hurts, his first start goes like, uh, Johnny oh, no, Manziel, no, no, like, no, no. I was, I was uh, yeah, talking that, about the Johnny I mean, Manziel. No, moment. I know. I like, uh, it worked in college. Right. But like, you know, uh, yeah, it worked in college, except that was when he wasn't getting paid any money. <laughs> but he wasn't getting paid. Right? <laughs> All right. So you brought him up. I'm going to have to ask you about him. Try to sell me on Mitchell Trubisky because I think he's terrible. And the other thing too is, <laughs> yeah, all right, so I actually I have uh, I, I bet the Bears win total before the season. I think it was it was the number like seven and a half for eight wins. And after they started five and one, I was like, all right, this is a fraudulent team. But I was like, but this is a win. I was like, they're five and one. Their win total for the season. I just need them to get to eight wins. I was like, this is this is happening. And they have not even really been competitive in many games since then. Even when they were like last week, uh, they just fell apart. They they the, the loss they had last week made basically no sense. They. Um, Trubisky they fumbled on their own five yard line running out the clock at the end of the game it's yeah try to sell me on Mitchell Trubisky because I'm so far off this Bears team at this point well look I mean it's the matchup right I mean uh, Allen Robinson going up against the secondary who down uh, Bradley Roby down uh, a couple other dudes who are, who are injured like they're, they're basically they're, they almost don't have bodies at cornerback um, so I really think it comes down to like Allen Robinson is just going to be open all game and, uh, you know, again, um, 
Trubisky going up against Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A, a defense like that, he's not playing that bad. I mean, his his fantasy point totals this year haven't been that bad. And uh, again, I, we, we come back to price here. I mean, 5600 like, who else do you realistically like over him in this range, I guess, is the question. I mean, we talked about Hertz, and, and that's fine, but Hertz is also, you know, he, he's, he's obviously going up against a, a far, far tougher defense, and it's probably a bigger, like, he's got a lesser floor, even though even with the rushing upside, I would say, just because of the matchup. So, um, like, realistically, who else he turn into in this range? I, I think if you're going cheap QB, I think Trubisky's got to be up there. Um, you know, still brings a little bit of rushing upside. Not much these days, but uh, you never know when he can break through. He's certainly capable of breaking free for a 40-yard rush attempt. So um, Bears are throwing a little bit more lately, too. Uh, use Dave Montgomery. So, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I have Mitch Trubisky at the top of my rankings or anything, but, again, we're looking at the pricing. I, I mean, I'm just looking down here. Like, is there anyone else you're, you're going to throw? Because, like, I, I think Trubisky is definitely under 6K, the guy I would turn to. Yeah, I mean, still Jalen Hurts for me. I'd roster Rivers over him going up against the Raiders. Probably Stafford going up against the Packers. That's a game where they're probably going to have to throw the ball a decent amount. I, I just think, I, I just find it so hard to get to Trubisky, mostly because I've been on him at times this year, and he generally just hasn't been that good. Like, I don't know what the upside is for him. Uh, I think that he's a guy who, you know, plays well, generally scores like 18 to 20 fantasy points. And that's really the issue I have, is if I roster him, I feel like there's, a moderate amount of upside, but there's a pretty decent chance that he just doesn't really do anything. Sorry, I'm just addressing the chat here. People are mad that we're talking about cheap QBs, Greg. Like, or should we only talk about Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers for, for, for 20 minutes? Get out of here, guys. I mean, come on. Of course we're going to talk about the cheap QBs. The reason we're talking about Trubisky and Hurts is because they offer great points. I'm, a, I'm a little mad that we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky again also. In well, okay, we can get off Trubisky. That's fine. I, <laughs> I made my, my small case. And again, I'm not trying to, to sell people on it, but uh, I, I still feel like Trubisky – uh, with the again, Houston's just bad, right? I mean, they made Philip Rivers look great last week. They made the Colts' offense look good. So, I think a Trubisky Allen Robinson stack has legs this week. Uh, you could possibly bring it back with uh, you know Kiki Kute if he uh, if he's playing out there because Buster Screen is out. The Bears' defense definitely uh, uh, having some issues as well. So, I think that's a viable stack. But um, look, I'm, I'm definitely in on Hertz as, as a cheap QB. Like I said, Hertz Rager I think has legs too. So, anyways. Um, that's, uh, that's my spiel. We'll get off the cheap QB, QBs. We'll do, who, who else do you guys want us to talk about more, uh, in, in QBs before we move on? Well, how about this? If you guys like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel, I'll move on and talk about the running back position, <laughs> which is what I have next on the agenda anyway. And also show is sponsored by Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo daily fantasy sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit feature for those looking to play multiple lineups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. So, Jeff, people don't want us to talk about the cheap running, the cheap quarterbacks anymore. But that's okay because we talked about all of them anyway. So it's time to go over the running back position. Uh, one thing that stands out to me, first of all, Dalvin Cook. I know that it's a bad matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but four percent ownership is very low for Dalvin Cook because even if 
the Vikings are going to struggle to run the ball. There's no reason to think that Dalvin Cook can't get a bunch of work in the passing game and catch, you know, six, seven passes and pick up fantasy points that way. Points per dollar, he's not necessarily my favorite play on the slate. I wouldn't play Dalvin Cook in a cash game. But for GPP at 4%, I'm going to be overweight to the field. Yeah, it's... I'd like Dalvin Cook more at that ownership if, like like I said, if Cousins and, and Jefferson, maybe they will draw like a lot of heat late in the week, right? Then then I think Cook becomes a lot more interesting because you do have to consider that, right? I mean, um, you, you know, if everyone's going to be on the, the Minnesota passing game, then absolutely, like Dalvin Cook can, can catch passes. And he still could, and, and he, he still could be the play, but I just look at what Tampa's run defense has done. And, and it's really like a two-year kind of thing since Bruce Arians has been there. They shut down Christian McCaffrey last year when he was basically unshut downable, right? I just see this as a spot for, uh, again, I just don't think Cook's going to get that many uh, yards going on the ground. And now, then you're relying on him to break something in the past game. Uh, I, again, I, I feel like Tampa's probably going to force Kirk Cousins to beat them here. And uh, for my money, I'll just attack that secondary. So I definitely get Dalvin Cook. The nice thing about it is if you're taking that spot, if you're taking that line, and I don't think it's it's like a fishy line or anything. You just you're not going to have to have that much Dalvin Cook to be over the field. Ten percent, you'll probably be double the field uh, potentially, anyways, or close to that, right? So it it makes sense. Um, I, I think for for me though, I'd rather tax seven K range. Uh, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, eh, probably not James Robinson this week going up against Tennessee. But um, yeah, I, I'd rather go overweight on a couple of those guys. And and again, it just flows back to Justin Jefferson's not going to be super chalk, so. I'll get my Minnesota exposure there. Yeah, and where most people are going at running back, on the expensive end anyways, Derrick Henry, very favorable matchup against the Jaguars. I totally get it. If you're paying up for somebody in cash at the running back position, I think Henry is the guy you want to go to because he is a favorable matchup against Jacksonville. The Titans are significant favorites in this spot, so it sets up well for him. Uh, He had a very weak game against the Browns last week, uh, but this matchup is so much better against the Jaguars. The ownership's up also that I think he should bounce back. So Derrick Henry at 8,700 on DraftKings, is he somebody you'd be willing to put in a cash lineup or does what happened last week a little bit scare you off and you think maybe the price tag is too high? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, the price tag is, is a little bit high, but like realistically, the, I think the only thing that scares you off here is Jacksonville's level of play over the last couple of weeks. It, they've just been good at slowing games down a bit. I, I'm not suggesting that Derrick Henry isn't going to go off here. And uh, realistically, cash game him versus Dalvin Cook, probably just lean Henry, uh, especially given his his history against Jacksonville. So I think this could be a game where Jacksonville's run defense just folds in. Uh, they've actually, like I said, they've actually been okay at sort of limiting the run. Like they haven't been the worst rush defense in the league. They've given up uh, some fantasy points, but they haven't been terrible. So there's a little bit of worry here, but not that much. Um, I think the other line that you could take for a cash game play is just, Again, fade both these expensive guys. You know, go with like Eckler and and Aaron Jones or something like that, and uh, and go a little bit more balanced. I think that's probably the line I would take is actually fading the top two two guys and and going with uh, with seven K plays, perhaps even like uh, maybe throwing David Montgomery in there. Although I really don't know if I want to get back in on David Montgomery after he <laughs> finally hit for everyone last week. But um, it's it's a little bit thin. It just the the, the field at, at running back because Dalvin Cook for cash games is it's just really not playable uh, at that price. So um, for me, Henry's probably uh, in front of cook, but I'm, I'm still not sure if he's like a must play. So. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a must play. I do think though, just in terms of a, a projection standpoint, and if you're looking for a safe play on the high end, it would be Derek Henry for me. Uh, yeah. He is somebody I would play in cash games. If I played more cash, um, 
But yeah, I think his ownership's probably about fair. I think he's a decent play. There are some guys I like as we go down the price tier. Uh, somebody who I like on FanDuel and DraftKings, but a little bit more on DraftKings for the PPR bonus is J.D. McKissick. So Antonio Gibson, who's not going to play this week. And McKissick, you just look at the work that he gets in the passing game. Captain Checkdown Alex Smith does nothing but dump off little short passes to J.D. McKissick. Uh, we saw McKissick 10 targets against Pittsburgh. Uh, Russian ball, he did almost nothing. He had five carries for eight yards, but he caught 10 passes for 70 yards. And we, if you go back to his game log from a couple weeks ago, um, against the Lions, 15 targets. Against the Giants, 14 targets. So when he's out there as the lead back, they're just going to throw the ball to him on short routes a ton. So I look at that, and I, I really like the PPR bonus for J.D. McKissick. He's not really all that highly owned, just uh, 13%. I think that's too low. McKissick's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote him up on Osmo this week. You guys can go check that out. Uh, free article up there, just kind of going over the top plays that are projecting out. McKissick definitely rates out well. Uh, one of the best value scores from the model. He's basically a wide receiver playing running back, right? Uh, he's not getting carries, like Greg said, but he's just out there, second in targets on Washington. Um, you know, the, the worry here might be this is just a Terry McLaren game because the, the San Francisco secondary has just been so awful, especially guarding against wide receiver ones. But, you know, there, there's there's only so much you can kind of worry in and factor in here. I mean, McKissick is, is playing 70% of the snaps a lot of the games, even with taking like eight carries a game. So he, like I said, he's basically a wide receiver playing running back. Uh, and at 4,900, he's definitely priced too low here with Antonio Gibson out. Because Gibson was starting to get worked in a little bit in the past game. It was taking away from McKissick's upside, especially in spots where Washington were in front. I don't think you know you have that worry now. Payne Barber's certainly not going to start catching a bunch of uh, passes. So Kizik should be out there a lot, uh, underpriced. Um, again, another player I'm a little surprised hasn't like gotten uber chalky. Um, and I agree, like at, at these ownership levels that we have, Matt, you guys can go to Osimo, uh, you know, get a week subscription or something for the ownership uh, projections, super valuable. But um, I, I'm surprised he's not, he's not up there more. I, I think he's fine to play. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like, I mean, when I was looking at the ownership projections for this week, I just assumed that he was going to be more, more chalky, especially after Absolutely. we found out that Gibson wasn't going to play. Just isn't the case so far. Maybe it'll change by tomorrow, but so far that is not the case. Uh, look at some of these other running backs. Uh, Mike Davis, sub 10% on Christian McCaffrey out again. And now I, I feel bad for anybody who drafted Christian McCaffrey in their yearly <laughs> league because he seemed like, right, he, he was he was basically a lock, number one overall pick. And he's been such a tease too because there's been so many times where he thinks he's going to come back and then just a new injury pops up. Like he was all set and ready to go. So you think anybody who drafted Christian McCaffrey, it's like, hey, if you were able to sneak into the playoffs, guess what? You're getting McCaffrey back for the playoffs. And then just totally new injury comes out of nowhere during practice. I kind of doubt he's going to play again this year. But Mike Davis now, 6,400. I think people are just tired of Mike Davis. There's been uh, spots where he's chalk went off. There's been spots where he's chalk, where he was chalk and just went terrible. Uh, still, I, I like the work that he gets in the passing game when it's in the right situation. Uh, 6,400 against the Broncos. Not necessarily my favorite play, but I think he's an okay contrarian play in that mid-range. Yeah, there's definitely some some Mike uh, Davis fatigue going on here uh, as we get into the year. It's, it seems yeah. it's so weird that we've talked about this guy so much this season, but um, obviously injuries, that happens with, with backups and, and stuff like that. Denver's been run on a little bit lately. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Latavius Murray uh, certainly have, have put it to them. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate... Mike Davis this week. I don't really want to play him because like most other people, uh, I, he's obviously a little bit of a limited running back and quite frankly, I'm getting sick of it, but um, you know, under 10% owned against uh, like a really weak Denver team. He, he could, he could pull one of those games. Like, like I just alluded to, he could end up with like 25 touches here. 
and it could just be, you know, Carolina is, is realistically the better team here. Right. So um, it, it's a pretty good game script for Mike Davis. I'd probably take him over Zeke who a little bit banged up. Now he's getting Tony Pollard worked in, uh, in, in front of him in spots. You know, I, I think he's a good contrarian move, quite frankly, over, over David Montgomery. Um, so really how much difference between Mike Davis and David Montgomery, like, they're pretty much the kind of the same player to be honest so uh why not just take the guys half owned yeah so here's the other thing too uh, compare projections and ownership for a second and, and the price is almost the same on DraftKings, right dave montgomery 6500 mike davis 6400 so i'll get yeah. out some of the projections that alex has out on the site right now mike davis is projected for 18.79 fantasy points david montgomery's project for 17.31 fantasy <laughs> points so mike davis projected for about one and a half more fantasy points and then you look at the difference in ownership. Mike Davis is sub 10% on Dave Montgomery, the highest owned running back on the slate at over 20%. So let's yeah. just consider that the range of outcomes between these two players. And even if David Montgomery, yeah, he was bit, he's been good the last couple of weeks, but overall he has three games this year, scoring over 20 fantasy points. Mike Davis this year, he has also three games scoring over 20 fantasy points. I don't think there's a massive difference between Mike Davis and David Montgomery. The only real difference we have this week is that, you know, David Montgomery is almost three times the ownership. So with the, with the range of outcomes for them being about similar, I think that Mike Davis is the much better play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, and again, it, it kind of comes down to like, who else are we going to in this range? I mean, I guess Zeke has like some, some viability. I'm not saying he's a terrible player or anything. Uh, I don't mind getting up to Chris Carson against the jets. Um, but I, I really do. I, I hate to say it. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I started the week, it's like, oh my God, do I, it's like, is Mike, is this another like Mike Davis week or is that all I'm going to be talking about? But kind of growing on me, uh, just, you know, pivoting over there at this point, mainly because I just don't really see many other options in this range. And maybe that will get his ownership up a little bit, but even if he's like 5% lesser owned than David Montgomery, I, I'd still prefer that. And again, I think I really feel like, I know Houston is a bad run defense right now, but I really feel like the way to attack them is in the secondary because it's so awful. And I kind of think that's what the bears are going to do. So um, we've seen David Montgomery bust against in really good matchups like this before he's a limited running back. I think you got, you just go with the guys less around, especially in GPPs. So yeah, I'm in on that play for sure. Any other running backs you want to talk about before we transition over to the wide receivers? Uh, it's, it's a pretty balanced week in terms of ownership. I think that the, the best leverage you could have is, you know, pivoting to off David Montgomery to some of these other mid range running backs for yep. cash games. Yeah. Play David Montgomery, but for GPPs, I think there's other guys in the same price range with similar projections for, you know, like a half or a third of the ownership. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's not a ton of like super plays that I, I, I feel like uh, totally pumped about, so to speak, but you know, Jonathan Taylor, again, I mean, there's workload concerns, but Vegas has really been tailing down as an offense. He looked so good last week. Taylor did icing out the game, seven yards per carry against another week run defense. It's risky. And uh, realistically, like I was lucky that play kind of had legs last week because uh, you, you needed that long pass uh, to, to go to the house. He only got 16 touches, but really like if he gets four more touches, it's the same kind of situation. I mean, he, he could, he could have another big game. So I think, I think he's got legs at the 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 5,800 still. GPP only. Luckily, he's like under 5% projected. So you're not going to have to go heavy. But I really feel like this is the week where it, it might be time to just jump off the top two uh, priced guys and just go a little bit more balanced with Jones and Eckler. I, I really like the spots for both those guys. Um I think you'll see a bounce back from Eckler. If he ever gets in the end zone, probably going to have a mass monster week. And uh, going up against Atlanta, it, it's a good spot for that. So I'm a little bit more balanced approach, too. Don't have too many hot takes here. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor might be the one, like, sort of YOLO, uh, like, lower-owned guy I'd be on. But no one, like, really in the cheap, uh, really cheap areas that I'm I'm super pumped about. Yeah, I think one guy that we can talk about just briefly because uh, I saw a couple of people mention him in the in the in the uh, chat is so Duke Johnson forty eight hundred David Johnson COVID list isn't going to play this week or concussion I don't know David Johnson it's always something David Johnson's dealing with he's it's always something yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably contracted COVID three times this year because David Johnson <laughs> he just he catches everything but the football but so Duke Johnson forty eight hundred we have seen him play you know fairly decently at times overall I think the season's been a little bit disappointing but. I mean, we, we look at, you know, the game against the Lions where he caught a long touchdown pass on Thanksgiving, uh, ended up only rushing the ball nine times for 37 yards, but had the long pass uh, catch for a touchdown. So there's maybe a little bit of upside there. Not necessarily maybe my favorite play, but I think he's a viable cheap play. I know people are talking about Todd Gurley in the chat. I, I'd rather roster uh, Duke Johnson for a cheap than than Todd Gurley, who who, who even knows how Falcons are going to use him. He's had under 10 rushes in the last two games, and he's looked terrible. Uh, I think I'd rather roster. I think I'd rather roster you, Greg, than Todd Gurley right now. Um, there's like <laughs> there's like four running backs in the mix for Atlanta. Todd Gurley is dust. His knees are dust. So um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm I have no interest in Duke Johnson, none whatsoever. This dude's been in a lead role for uh, the past month. He's he's what cracked 15 points like once. Uh, they're not using him the, uh, that heavily. Well, they, I mean, he's getting a little bit of pass work, but it's not amounting to anything. And realistically, like the lead running back for Houston, it, they max out at like 14 carries. So even his ceiling games are like 16, 17 touches. It's just not there. Like I just play McKissick, I think, in this in this role. I, I think I probably have more interest in Gio Bernard there as, as a lone GPP play. At least we've seen Gio uh, go a little bit ham uh, in, in spots. So I think there's actually a little bit more upside there. Um, yeah, there. I mean, maybe you could go back to uh, Frank Gore, questionable. So I don't even know if Ty Johnson. But yeah, I, I took a small look at Le'Veon Bell, I guess, at 4,400. But that's pretty thin too. Like he's splitting carries. You really need like some kind of pass reception to get in the end zone there. So I think you just play McKissick here. You don't get uh, too fancy. Um, there's just not that much uh, great like super value this week, so. So I like drop roses here in the chat. So well, if Todd Gurley is dust, then Jalen Hurts is too. Jalen Hurts has made zero career starts. How can he, how can he, how can he wash at this point? It's crazy. We found the world's biggest Carson Wentz fan in the chat. I don't know. Possibly. Anyways. He's got a Carson Wentz jersey hanging out. He's like he's like one of those characters from a cartoon show. He opens up his closet, just nothing but the same Carson Wentz jersey 12 times. 
Well, the, right. this is just this is okay. Good, good, right. ta- good taste. Thanks for trolling us on a Saturday morning. Anyway, good, t- good taste in quarterbacks. And here's the deal: like with Jalen Hurts, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm, it's not saying I'm totally confident in him. It's just a quarterback who, and I know people are going to love that we went right back to talking about cheap quarterbacks again. But I mean, we're talking about a guy who's one percent owned with rushing upside, a quarterback for almost yeah. min price. So that's why I like him. It's not like I'm looking at Jalen Hurts and be like, oh, this guy is the second coming of. Uh, uh, Bart Starr, some old. I was trying to pull a name for some, for some, for some old, for some old, old tiny. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just he's cheap. He's not picking up much ownership with rushing upside. I don't I don't know how good Jalen Hurts is going to be, but I like him for this one particular week of DFS uh, running backs. I think we've pretty much hit on everything to talk about here. Uh, one thing I'll say, guys, don't forget, do subscribe to the channel. Give us a like on the video. Uh, Still only at 55 likes. So at least I would like to get that to at least 100 before we get to the wide receiver position. And also go follow us out on Twitter, Osmo underscore com. And if you follow us on Twitter, one thing that's nice is we do a lot of giveaways there, right? We're almost at 30,000 followers. So like primetime games, there'll be stuff, you know, which quarterbacks have more passing yards, guess that right. Somebody randomly gets picked to win a free Osmo plus yearly subscription, stuff like that. So there's definitely stuff to be gained by following us on Twitter. All right, Jeff, let's hit on the wide receiver position. Uh, one thing I think we definitely have to start with, Devontae Adams, the highest owned player on the slate right now, coming in at nearly 25% ownership. Uh, very favorable matchup against the Lions. I think that's going to be one of the more popular stacks of the slate is Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Makes a whole bunch of sense. To me, the real question is, though, would you rather pay up for Devontae Adams at 9300 or would you rather go to somebody like Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry? Yeah. Ugh. I just, I think you just stick with Devonte Adams. It's, it's a bland answer, but like, this is, this is what we, it just reminds me of Michael Thomas last year. It's like, Oh my God, Devonte Adams is now 9,300. I can't pay up for that. 14 targets later, you know, Oh my God, I should have paid up for Devonte Adams. It, it's, it's a very similar situation. I think uh, with the targeting, we know where the ball's going, just pay for it. Um, you know, I know the ball is going to Dalvin cook as well and Derek Henry, but um, the, the matchups there just don't really dictate that, that this is a spot necessarily where you, where you should be eating uh, as much chalk. And again, you know, for GPP plays, absolutely. Like if you're going to pivot for, for a couple lineups, you don't have to go, uh, you know, much, uh, much to be overweight down cook this week. But again, we're talking one lineup. Yeah. I, I would just, uh, I would just go Devonte Adams. If I'm going to pay up for one guy, I think of, of the top three, he's, he's going to have the, the best opportunity to see in the game. He's got the best matchup. Um, I, I would probably rate Henry second in, in, in terms of those three, but he just keep playing Devontae Adams, man. Um, uh, this connection with Rodgers isn't going away or anything. Uh, there's no one in Green Bay that's going to start taking away targets. You know, Alan Lazard might go off too or something. That's fine. But um, I don't think it's, it's necessarily even going to be at, at the expense of Devontae Adams. So uh, top three um, wide receivers. Look, I, I mean, I like Tyree Kill and, and DK Metcalf. They're priced up there this, this week though. Um, you know, he'll, a little bit tougher matchup too against the Miami secondary, which is it's very legit. Uh, you know, probably probably a little bit trending towards a little bit more of like a Travis Kelsey situation, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, of the top three wide receivers too, it, it's clearly Devontae for me with uh, the caveat that, you know, maybe this is the spot where DK Metcalf just goes bananas against uh, the Jets secondary. All right, we have a super chat I want to get to from D Owens eighty nine. Is Locke Judy a realistic stack to jam in the studs? 
For me, not really. Um, I, I know that there was some luck, uh, some some love for Drew Locke in particular from our friend uh, Drop Roses, but uh, <laughs> the, but but here here's. I, I mean, I guess if you want a roster, that's okay. I don't necessarily really hate any of the cheap quarterbacks most of the time. But here's the issue I have with Jerry Judy is being somebody to stack him with. Last three games for Judy, four targets, one reception for five yards, one target, zero receptions for zero yards, and then on eight targets he had three catches for thirty-seven yards. The week before that eight targets, four catches for 68 yards. There's just not enough uh, production there for me to want to roster Jerry Judy. And it's not like he's that cheap either. If he was sub 4K, they'd be like, okay, he's a talented wide receiver. There's there's reason to look at him. It's a pretty neutral matchup against the Panthers. Jerry Judy at 4,700. Given how he's played this year and inconsistencies with Lockett quarterback, I think there's better stacks. So I actually don't hate the lock play. And uh, like, I, I admit, I, I'm still going to say I, I like Hurts a little bit better, but I mean, this Carolina defense has been regressing as the past. Um, uh, you know, we saw against Minnesota, they still out a ton of points late and prevent. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say like Drew Locke is a terrible play, but I agree with Greg. Judy wouldn't be the guy stacking with. I think he's stacking with Tim Patrick. Um, he's much more the Cortland Sutton prototype. It's actually like played really well too. I know it's coming off two touchdown games. So maybe it feels like chasing points there, but like realistically, th- this is the guy who's been producing. This is the guy who's, who's been making the bigger, bigger plays downfield and in the red zone. So I think if you stack, uh, if you stack um, Drew Locke, which again, I don't necessarily hate, um, then uh, you use Tim Patrick with him instead of Jerry Judy. Yeah. I'm not going to hate that. Uh, maybe I mean, even no fan to throw in there uh, as an option because I realistically, I like both those guys better than uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah. And then, I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to the tight end position, but as always, it's, it's a kind of tough position to roster. I mean, we do have yeah, guys at the expensive, at the expensive range that makes sense, but if you want to go cheap, I think the pickings are pretty slim at tight end. So I think that that's something that makes sense is just stacking any of your quarterbacks with the tight end and just hope you get that, you know, 15 yard touchdown and you get the guy who catches the two three yard touchdown passes because we've seen that a few times with a tight end position this this year also uh you mentioned dk metcalf 8400 i i don't really love him this week part of the reason is just that matchup against the jets i think the seahawks should roll here i don't know how much they're actually going to have to throw the ball it's not hard to see the upside but 8400 i think metcalf is a little bit overpriced and it's not like he's picking up no ownership he's seven percent which isn't necessarily high, but it's not like he's, you know, a two, he's not, he's not a 1% Jalen Hurts or something like that, but, uh, but he's just, no Jalen Hurts, Greg. yeah, <laughs> but it's, it, it's just, I don't think the game script's particularly great. I think the Seahawks are probably gonna be running the ball out in the second yeah. half. And then the other thing too, is the Jets play at such a slow pace and they just don't care anymore. Right. Like, I mean, we just see the Jets when there are games that they get down a lot, they just like run the ball out in the second half. They're like, all right, we lost. Maybe, maybe we'll do okay next week. We'll see, we'll see you next week, guys. So it's not like they're a team that's fighting to stay in games. Um, Metcalf, there's other guys I'd rather pay up for. Yeah, and, and realistically, you know, I, I probably, even at like, what do you say, 70-80%, probably even, I, I think, would be underweight, DK Metcalf. I, it could, like I said, it could be the game where, you know, we saw the Chiefs do this against the Jets, where they just sort of, they kind of took it as just like a, a, an opportunity to get their offense back on track. That could happen. Um, you know, where, where Russell Wilson just throws five touchdowns and it just looks so easy and uh, the game is over by halftime, but they just keep chucking a little bit more just for some practice. So I think that scenario is on the table, but the scenario Greg laid out is on the table too. So I don't know. I, again, hundred lineups, yeah, maybe, maybe underweight is like the, the wrong thing to say. Maybe just like field average is kind of how I'd be more leaning with DK Metcalf, because I think like Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, 
could could end up with like 70 points. I mean, I, I think that is definitely on the table. So I think the upside is there, but I think there's a far bigger boom cha- or bust chance, excuse me, than than especially the other top two receivers, um, you know, c- comparably. So one of those spots where, you know, I can definitely kind of understand all the arguments. I can definitely understand the fade argument. It's probably just bad, better to best to land somewhere in the middle and not overcommit to it. But it's, it, I, I just see this game as Seattle's been so kind of lame on offense. Maybe they just start passing more, but you just really don't know. You just really don't know with the Jets what, what's going to happen because they can get they could get tuned in. They could uh, they could make the game slow and ugly. And um, yeah, GK Metcalf eighty four hundred. So realistically, not not like super duper great, obviously. All right, so let, let's talk about the Texans wide receiver situation because this is a uh, it's a pretty wild one. We have uh, Brandon Cooks who briefly left last week's game, ended up returning. He's questionable to play. We've got Kiki Kuti. He was great last week. He ended up finishing with uh, eight catches for 141 yards. He's questionable to play. And obviously, the Texans are already thin at wide receiver because Will Fuller has been suspended for a PED violation. What else Houston going to do at, at wide out here? Who's who's Deshaun Watson going to be throwing the football to? Yeah, Chad Hansen, man. I mean, seven targets last week, uh, 3,900. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be viable, uh, I think, at 3,900 just from a, a workload perspective, if Kuti and Cooks actually end up missing. I have a feeling Kuti is going to play. Um, it it kind of looked like he was just banged up from, from getting a, a lot of reps last week, so he'll probably be in there. Got a good matchup if he does play Kuti. So um, something to think about. Cooks. I, I don't know. I don't know. Brian Cook's kind of in, just in that wide receiver one role. He just always seems to be banged up. So maybe this is the spot where Jordan Akins decides to make an appearance, but I'm, I'm kind of off the Jordan Akins train. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know uh, what, what Houston's going to do at wide receiver. It definitely gets me off to Sean Watson here. There's only so much magic a dude can work, you know, in the year. So um, I think Hanson, like I, like I said, you should watch it. Uh, watch the uh, watch the news. Obviously, he, he'd become pretty interesting. I kind of like Perriman for the same reason at thirty nine hundred, um, with all the Jets receivers banged up and going up against Seattle. But you know, it's, it's a similar type of situation. Perriman, uh, Hanson, definitely two sub four K receivers who, just from an opportunity perspective, uh, need to be on your radar this week. Yeah, so here's the deal with Chad Hanson. I mean, last week, seven targets, five catches for 120 yards. Certainly, I hadn't even heard of Chad Hanson before last week. He gets, he gets called up from the practice squad. All of a sudden, he's playing a big role for the Texans because Brandon Cooks goes out and gets evaluated for a concussion. Now, all of a sudden, could he be the Texans' number one wide receiver this week? It's possible. And as much as that might take me off to Sean Watson if all the Texans guys are out, it would be hard to ignore a guy who's sub-4K that had over 100 receiving yards last week if both Cooks and um, uh, and Kuti are out, because I just don't know where else the ball would go to, right? We know Deshaun Watson is going to throw the ball, and then you just have to figure out if he throws the ball, you know, 30 times, where are those targets going to? And like you said, maybe it's Jordan Akins, maybe it's Hanson, uh, but it's a situation we just need more information on, because that's, I mean, that that's huge if we could potentially have a team that's missing its three top wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the matchup with the Bears scares me a little bit. I, I think, like, they do have some pretty good outside corners. So, um, like I said, I'd be more interested if, in Kuti if, if I knew he was uh, if I knew he was going to play. But Hanson, like, he's definitely viable. I, I personally, in this range, I, I, I kind of like the Perriman play a little bit better. Uh, I think he's got a better upside to, to, to take, like, you know, 30 points or something against Seattle. 
Maybe he might, Perriman might be a, a little bit uh, riskier from a bus perspective, but I think the upside is better with him. Again, we got to watch the injury news too there because I'm not actually sure. Well, Mins has been ruled out, but um, like uh, for the Jets, I mean, uh, Crowder is questionable. So, um, but even with Crowder playing, I mean, he, he's obviously playing the slot and it looks like Crowder actually didn't practice Friday. So that's a pretty big red flag. So like I said, I, I think Perriman and I think, uh, and I think this Chad Hansen dude are both yeah. in play. <laughs> And I can see arguments for both. Uh, I'm not super high in one over the other, but you know, all things considered, one GDP lineup probably going to lean Perriman just because I know the 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 the, the 40 yard touchdown upside is there, and I think you get a better chance of like a 30 point game. All right, guys. NBA DFS preseason started last night, and we we're offering a one dollar NBA access through December 29th for all new members when you use the promo code Caruso gives you access to everything we offer for the NBA preseason DFS. And then for the first week of regular season NBA action, this includes ownership projections, our projections, lineup builder, and much more. So sign up using the promo code Caruso and you get NBA DFS access for just $1. All right. So let's get over to the tight end position. And I think there's going to be decision on the high end is Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. Which one would you rather pay up for? Darren Waller obviously went nuts last week. He was a guy who ended up breaking the slate when the tight end position was very difficult to fill and not a lot of guys went off. Darren Waller caught 13 passes for 200 yards and a pair of touchdowns against the Jets. Obviously, it was a great game with a lot of upside. On the whole, though, Darren Waller's been pretty inconsistent as of late. I mean, look at his box score lately. Eight fantasy points, 13, 7, 22, 6, 48. I'm not saying that means that he has a bad game this week. However, the point being is that it's not necessarily he's good, he's bad, he's good, he's bad. It's just he's inconsistent. So I wouldn't look at last week as this is going to be Darren Waller going forward. Instead, I look at Travis Kelsey, who's $600 more as a guy who scored over 20 fantasy points in, what is it, seven of his last nine games, a guy who's getting double-digit targets just about every week. I think he's the better play. I think he's the safer play. So if I'm paying up for somebody at tight end, give me Travis Kelsey over Darren Waller. Yeah, I'm definitely on the same page with you here, Greg. Um, Darren Waller, I mean, look, going up against the Jets, you kind of kick yourself a little bit. Like, well, the Jets, you know, the especially Greg Williams' defense, like probably should have been bigger on that at, at under 10% on, but – this isn't a Greg Williams defense we're going up against. It's Indy, which is actually ranks out one of the best at covering tight ends. Um, I, th- I think Vegas is going to have some issues here. And I don't think Darren Hall is just going to run free around the field. So the upside uh, to me is way bigger with Kelsey. Um, maybe not way bigger, but definitely bigger. Uh, it, Miami, again, they're going to have their hands full covering Tyree Kill on the outside. You can't double both. Uh, I, I think they try and limit Tyree Kill a little bit. And it probably leads to a couple more targets for Kelsey, which, you know, when you're already adding just a couple more to uh, his, his massive target share, it's, it's a big deal. So I like paying up for Kelsey as well. I think the field is going to be there as well. Um, I think there is a scenario here too, where, where both these guys kind of put in muted days. It's not the best matchups we have uh, here. Miami's played a little bit slow and ugly games. Uh, Indy certainly capable of, of shutting teams down a little bit. And the Raiders offense has been kind of terrible the last couple of weeks. So um, I, I think this is actually a good spot. Yeah, I think for cash games, fine, pay up for Travis Kelsey. But I also think, uh, you know, you can make pretty good arguments here for just going uh, a little bit more balanced this week. Yeah, and then I think if you go a little bit cheaper at tight end, one guy that I think stands out a little bit is TJ Hawkinson just for the safety. He has double-digit fantasy points in six of his last seven games. Guy who's pretty yep. regularly getting, you know, seven, eight targets. A lot of volume for TJ Hawkinson at tight end, especially with Kenny Galladay being banged up. That's been a guy who Matt Stafford's looked at a ton. It's a game script where the lines are probably going to have to throw the ball a lot, playing against pack against the Packers as significant underdogs. 
So I think if you want to go cheap at tight end, TJ Hawkinson is one guy who stands out a little bit, but it's not like he's 3000 or anything. He's 5,000, but that's still a, a decent amount of a price dip from where Kelsey and Waller are out. So TJ Hawkinson, one guy that I'm looking at, uh, if you go really cheap, is there anybody that stands out for you? Yeah, I think Cole Kemet um, is interesting. Seven targets last week going up against Houston. Um, 2,900. I mean, it's a little bit of a risky play, but he, he's definitely sort of propelled himself over uh, Jimmy Graham on the depth chart there, which is, which is nice. Uh, we have two Minnesota tight ends that are, are questionable or doubtful. Kyle Rudolph is all of a sudden doubtful to play. So I would really watch that news because Irv, Irv Smith plays and, uh, and Kyle Rudolph doesn't play. Yeah. I'd love me some Irv Smith uh, against Tampa. Again, uh, I think they'll be in more of a passing situation there, as I've already alluded to. So um, that, that's another situation I'd really highly monitor. I'd probably put Irv Smith over Kemet for sure um, if, uh, in that scenario. And then you know, going down, I'm surprised Logan Thomas isn't like getting to be super chalk, but um, you know, maybe people are just uh, just don't are, are a little bit slow to trust it. I think the guy for mid-range I like the most though is Hunter Henry against Atlanta. Um, again, I don't really trust the Gasecki thing because he's got two throwing in the ball. And uh, the last time I checked, uh, Gasecki definitely still up there with far more ownership. So I think Henry, much like the Mike Davis pivot off of uh, David Montgomery, is going to be a good pivot off of uh, off of Gasecki. Although now that I look at the ownership projections, they're about flat. Henry actually has a little bit more ownership. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I think my priority is definitely going to be Travis Kelsey this week. It's far from very far from a hot take, but still, I just think there's so much safety and upside and the tight end position is so difficult to predict that I'm probably, I mean, I haven't built lineups yet, but I'm going to assume that Travis Kelsey ends up in the majority of my lineups this week. It just seems like the best way to safely get production out of the tight end spot. And then it just gets so hairy once you get to some of these cheaper guys. Like, you know, we mentioned Noah Font as somebody who's a potential stack target with Drew Locke. That's fine. And that's probably where I'll go if I'm going with a cheap tight end. It'll be like, hey, I need some salary savings. I'll roster the cheap tight end that correlates with a QB I roster in a certain lineup. But outside of that, my priority is definitely going to be Travis Kelsey at tight yeah. end. I'm, I'm fine with using the chalk at this particular position. Yeah, I, look, every one of those guys I mentioned, I, I, I like a little. But it, it's like there's no there's no there's nowhere near the amount of safety you have with Travis Kelsey. Like, it is a big gap. So, Definitely agree with that take. Um, you know, I think the, the one spot I'll be really interested in is that Irv Smith spot. Uh, just because, again, for 3,100, you could kind of get you, – you'd feel like you'd have a pretty safe floor uh, in there uh, with, with Rudolph out. Although, you know, Rudolph, what did he have, like one target last week? So, I don't know. It, it, there's, just, there's just nothing close to what Travis Kelsey is offering at tight end. Uh, and that, I think you, you can kind of include Darren Waller in that conversation. Um, so – yeah, uh, pay up if you can. Look, the GPP stacks are great, like Herbert Henry, you know, for, for that. But again, you know, you cash lineups, man, like probably just want to pay up for Kelsey as hard as it's going to be uh, at 7,400. Yeah, somebody asked why we aren't talking about Aikens. The only reason I didn't bring up here is because we kind of talked about him a little bit when we talked about the wide receivers, just in terms of we don't really have a lot of information right now on, on the Houston Texans. Brandon Cooks is questionable. Kiki Kuti is questionable. Yeah, if those guys are out, then certainly Jordan Akins becomes the value play at the tight end position at 2,900. It's just a situation that we need injury updates to figure out who's in and who's out for the Texans. As is, yeah, if you play Akins, that's fine. Uh, I'd be a little concerned, though, with his recent volume, though, because if you look at uh, four yeah. of the last five games, he's had under four fantasy points. So, yeah, Deshaun Watson has to throw to somebody if QT and Cooks are both out. If one of them are out, then Akins becomes more appealing. As of right now, he's just kind of whatever to me, but that's 
going to be without continuing to repeat myself. Depends what happens with Cooks and Cootie because that, that creates a ton of target share opening for the Texans. They just don't use the tight end position that well, that much or well. Uh, they, they, use it, they use it sort of sporadically, like in the red zone when, when uh, you know, they, they may drop like one player. It's really just when kind of Watson gets on the run and feels like throwing downfield to, to one of his big tight ends. So it's not a locked in, in thing. Like I said, I, if I could get like confirmation that Cole Kamet was like locked in as a tight end one, I would actually prefer that play because the Bears use their tight end specifically. They drop plays for them. It's it's a priority for them. It's not a priority for Houston. I like Jordan Akins. He's I think he's actually like a good prospect and stuff like that, but it's just not really a priority for Houston. So we've seen that play out the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying again it can't happen. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of would still prefer Kemet uh over, over Akins. All right. So let's get over to the DSTs before we hit on our favorite stacks of the week. Are there any defenses that you have a hot take on or that really stand out to you? We actually have a, a decent amount of ownership going to defenses more so than usual. We've got the Seahawks are pretty chalky going up against the Jets, nearly 20% on them. We've got the Cowboys, pretty popular value play going up against the Bengals. I actually think that that's probably the team to one of those teams or who you want to go to in cash. Uh, if you want to go to one of the lower owned defense, is there anybody you really like? Yeah, man, the Eagles. I told you the Eagles are winning straight up. They're going to sack Taysom Hill three plus times. They're going to get a fumble. Taysom Hill's fumbled in three of his four games and three last four games. One of them, he wasn't even starting a quarterback. This dude loves to fumble. Uh, Eagles actually pretty good at forcing fumbles as well. Like I said, they're second in sacks in the league. The Eagles are second in sacks in the league. That's a good thing, guys, for for defenses. Uh, you guys got to get on my level here with these cheap Ds. Let's go, Eagles. I, I actually really do. And look, I'm, I know I'm, I'm being sarcastic a little bit here. I really do think they're a good play. Uh, I, I like the D-line going up against Taysom Hill, who, like I said, does turn over the ball a lot. I think the Eagles at home, a little bit of injection with a rookie QB. I really do like them as a cheap uh, uh, defense. I, I think they're a little bit undervalued. I take them over the Cowboys. I take them over the Cowboys in any format, too. I'm not trusting the Cowboys defense. So here's here's my uh, DST play, contrarian DST play, kind of in between the two chalky defenses. The Arizona Cardinals at 2,700. You talk mm-hmm. about Taysom Hill being turnover prone. How about Daniel Jones? Who, who's basically only saved by turnover records because he's because he either last year started halfway through the season or this year ends up getting hurt or there's somebody like Carson Wentz who exists too. Uh, I know I know the news god wants me to stop ripping on Carson Wentz, but he was he was on pace to having a, a pretty bad turnover season himself. But Daniel Jones, a guy who has at least one turnover in almost every single game that he's played in his NFL career, also somebody who takes a lot of sta- uh, a lot of sacks. The Arizona Cardinals defense has looked pretty solid this year. I think that in general, it's, it's very weird, but there's like public bias towards the Giants at this point because they beat the Seahawks last week. Yeah. I think the Giants are fine, but still I look at the Arizona Cardinals 2,700 as a cheap defense playing against a turnover-prone quarterback that nobody's on. I think they make a lot of sense as a value play. Yeah, and actually it's kind of funny. Both the teams we mentioned have pretty good punt returners as well. Like, uh, you know, Rager back there obviously returned one. So um, I, I like that Cardinals play. They're definitely on my radar as a, as a team I, I would throw out there as well. So can't disagree with that. Um, no way I'm eating the chalk with the Seahawks. Like I said, I, I'm not going to eat any chalk with Cowboys defense ever. I think that's insane that people are on that. Um, I don't care who's starting quarterback for Cincy. Dallas defense is terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I like that play too. I, I would actually rank them just behind the Eagles. So I like it. I think there's, and I think these are, I think 
a lot of weeks we come here talking about cheap defenses and we're like, well, yeah, you, you know, the Jets could get eight points. I actually like both these plays. I think both these plays have upside this week. So I'm slightly pumped about these DST plays this week. Oh, Jeff, all pumped up about the defense in week 14. So let's close it out here. Favorite stacks of the week. And before we get into it, guys, do us a favor. Like the video, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Stack of the week for me, I'm going pretty chalky. I like Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey is by far the top tight end play on the slate. Patrick Mahomes, even though he's the highest on quarterback, like I said, if you go to Alex's projections in our top stacks tool, they're coming in at nearly 25% odds to be the top scoring stack on the slate, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, off- Chiefs offense. So with that in mind, I think that Kelsey to Mahomes is a great stack that even with the ownership, probably going a little bit overlooked. It's a combination that should probably be around 20% owned and it's not quite that high. So I think there's leverage there, even if the ownership is is not necessarily the single digits that I would normally go after. Yeah, so uh, first of all, makes a ton of sense. I mean, again, I was... I was a lot more pumped sort of about the possibility of playing like the, uh, the chiefs players when, when Mahomes was like trending towards 6% ownership. I'm not, and I'm like, he's still not super, super chalky, probably not as chalky as he should be. So definitely can get on that level. Um, for me though, it, it's again, like Justin Jefferson, people are, are mad cause he's like five, $500 more expensive and 7.1% owned against 7.1% projected ownership against a Tampa Bay secondary who cannot cover wide receivers at this point. Uh, I think that's insane. I really like the Minnesota stack. I like, and look, I like to correlate my stacks. You guys probably know from watching the show a couple, last couple weeks. So Chris Godwin against Minnesota too. We didn't really talk about him, but I, I like stacking the passing games there. Uh, I think Tampa's still throwing the ball a lot. I think Bruce Arian wants to get Tom Brady going. So give me uh, Justin Jefferson and uh, Kirk Cousins with, uh, with Chris Godwin coming back. I think that game has way more potential than it's projecting out to be. I think the ownership projections there are, are uh, a little bit too low as well. So uh, yeah, give me Jefferson Cousins. You can even play Brady with, with Godwin and then come back with Jefferson if you're just anti-Kirk Cousins, which I totally get. But uh, I like the Minnesota Bucks passing game, basically. All right, that's going to do it for us. But guys, there's still a lot of other shows coming up on the YouTube channel today. We've got On the Contrary with Lofi and Alex Baker. Then we've got MMA Live Before Lock. And then later tonight, I'll be on NBA Live Before Lock for the preseason with Adam Scher because the NBA preseason, not only dying, it is it is growing bigger and stronger. Those contests continue to grow. So that'll do it for us. Jordan, play the music out. <laughs>